Hello VO School listeners, once again this is Jamie and I am presenting to you today a little sample of the Soundstage Insider podcast. This is a new podcast that I've put together and it is all about the behind the scenes industries, crafts of the film and television industry. And the latest episode, which I'm super excited about, is an interview with Sam Hargrave. He is a stunt performer, stunt choreographer, coordinator, and now director of the Extraction series on Netflix, which is hugely popular. But he's worked on enormous projects like Avengers Endgame, Thor, Captain America, Pirates of the Caribbean, Deadpool, like... He's worked on the most incredible films and productions over the past 20 years as a stunt guy. So it's a super interesting discussion. There's a little sample for you here so you can get a taste of what it is. So go ahead and subscribe to Soundstage Insider. Get your phone out, type it in, click subscribe. (laughs) And if you like it, please leave a review. That's really helpful to me too. And yeah, here's a little snippet of my interview with Sam Hargrave. I'm very excited to talk to you today about Extraction 2. Like I mentioned to you a few minutes ago, I saw it last night, absolutely loved it. It was a riot from start to finish. (laughs) Um, But we're going to get to that shortly, but I'd love to talk, sort of go back in time and sort of find out your origin story a little bit in Mm. this industry. I know you know, you've done a ton of work as a stunt performer and a coordinator and obviously now as a director. So what were, what were your first forays into this industry and how did you get there? That's a great question. And it, it's, you know, settle in for a long answer. No, I, I won't make it that long. But I started, I mean, we can go way back to when I was a young lad in North Carolina. I grew up um, with an older sister, younger brother on a farm in North Carolina. And I was heavily influenced by movies and TV shows. My, you know, didn't have like cable when we were out in the middle of nowhere, but we did have, my granddad had cable and he would record these reruns of shows on VHS. And so we would get, you know, old Roy Rogers, Gene Autry shows. We would get um, the Lone Ranger. We would get, um, you know, copies. These are VHS copies sent to my mom and she'd play them for us of Zorro, the old Disney Zorro. So I would watch these things and as a young, you know, I'm probably six, seven, eight years old, I'm, I'm watching and imitating what I see on the screen so much so that my mom has to learn how to edit between two VHS machines, two VCRs to remove things that I might do and end up killing my younger brother doing it. <laughs> so I, which is interesting, which is super fascinating to go back and watch movies now that I remember back then, but I remember them very differently because they were edited for content for my, uh, you know, consumption. Uh, So anyway, very influenced by that. So I'd end up, my brother, even my sister, I, you know, corral them into helping me make these little movies. We had a little video camera. I'd end up directing them. I had my sister shoot them and my brother's a little younger. So he and I would, you know, duke it out. And so we'd end up doing some sort of fight scene or some sort of shootout with our little, you know, fake guns. And that was, I was probably eight or nine years old. Flash forward to, and knowing nothing about movies, just literally imitating what we saw on screen and just doing the best we could. Flash forward to, you know, a couple years later, and I'm, you know, 14 years old when I get introduced to martial arts and, you know, started just have some social interaction and get some energy out. My mom's like, yeah, get out of the house. And 
you know, so I start with uh, Taekwondo and that was the beginning of the end, so to speak, because it was through that that I was introduced to Hong Kong cinema. And yeah. when I saw my first Jackie Chan movie, I was hooked. And that was it. I mean, I, I just, all I wanted to do was martial arts. I was training at the dojo and all, all the way up, even through uh, college. I went to college at UNC Chapel Hill. I actually lived at the the martial arts school. And in exchange for cleaning the place and teaching classes, you know, I could stay there for free while I went to school. Hmm. And while there, I would, my daily routine was I'd wake up in the morning, I'd throw in a VHS copy of a Jackie Chan fight scene, cued to that fight scene, of course, and I'd watch it while I ate breakfast, rewind it because it had to be ready for when I got back for lunch because then I'd <laughs> take off to school, go through some classes, come back, put in, you know, another fight scene, watch it while I ate lunch, go back to school, bike back. And then for dinner, guess what I did? I'd put in another movie and I'd watch it. So I was just voraciously consuming this art form of Hong Kong fight scenes and the falls and the way they'd shoot and edit. And that was priming my mind for this foray into Hollywood that I really had no idea existed. I was fairly short-sighted as a, not just visually, but like <laughs> mentally as a, as a, you know, a youth. And it was, it was all about what I could do in the now. It was like, okay, I can make movies and that's what I want to do. I want to write, direct, act in, like I'm going to be Jackie Chan. And so that was it. I was going to make movies and didn't know where or how, but that's what I was going to do. And a friend of mine, Thayer Harris, who incidentally second unit directed Extraction and Extraction 2, we've known each other since we were 14 years old. He was the one who said, you know, you've gotten pretty good at falling on your head. You could actually make money doing that in, in Hollywood so you don't have to, you know, be sleeping on couches and mooching off people for the rest of your life. Like start a, a career. And I was like, oh, that's fascinating. And so I did. I, I packed up my, my Honda Civic and I drove across country and I started sleeping on couches and just inquiring, like, how do you get into stunts? How do you get into stunts? Knocking on doors, going to gyms and, and gymnastic schools, martial arts dojos, and just trying to figure it out. And so that, that was the beginning of the stunt career in Hollywood, all with the future aim of becoming a director. Like I knew I wanted to tell stories. I knew I wanted to direct movies. It's just at the time I was, you know, young and bendy and had like physical abilities and I wanted to be the stuntman side of Jackie Chan. Yeah. And so I, and I got a lot of amazing opportunities in that. I worked on a lot of big, cool movies. Um, which, you know, pause there just so we can catch our breaths and maybe there's another question. But that was the, the start. What got me to Hollywood from North Carolina was insp inspired by movies, TV shows, and Louis L'Amour books. I forgot to mention that was one of my favorite authors growing up. And he always had a an awesome fist fight and a gunfight in his books. And that was another inspiration. So through that led to martial arts, led to film school. And led to making my own projects, which are always action oriented. And then I was westward bound. Wow. So, I mean, obviously you were extremely motivated and hustled a lot, but were there any particular qualities that you possessed? Do you think outside of those things that set, set you apart that really got you the gigs or was it something else? I was painfully average and that was helpful, <laughs> which oh, yeah? was, I mean, my, my looks, my height, like, you know, background, I, I was, you know, a six foot tall, 175 pound white dude in LA in Hollywood. 
It's a lot of actors that you could double. So, and I had so a specific skill set, but then I did. I just was very fortunate because you know, contrast and not being glib about it, but it was, it's, it's just the way that my cookie crumbled. I happened to, I didn't control that. That just happened to me. Whereas I've known a lot of people much more talented than me. Like my friend, you know, Thayer Harris in, in so many ways, so much more talented. It just so happens he's five foot eight, you know, kind of a very character looking, um, you know, guy looks very kind of Eastern European, not as many leading doubling roles for him in Hollywood. Right. Like it's, it's just harder. And even to fight the lead, who's probably six foot, they don't want to pick on the small guy. So that's not fair. That's not, you know, that's just unfortunately for, I mean, he's made a great career. I don't want to, you know, say woe is there, but just the, that's just kind of the, the natural way of it. How I found it, I was very lucky to be average like i was average heights average looks average abilities like i fit in amongst the you know, hollywood yeah but average in hollywood is kind of like a little higher <laughs> than the rest of the world right? right now that now that's in looks right like look, look wise i mean height bill just like it could, could morph into a lot of different things i could play taller play shorter and yeah. then the the specificity like besides hustling like the skill set that i think helped propel me forward came from those that 10,000 hours of watching those Jackie Chan movies and then going right. to film school and spending so much time studying that and filming it and doing it like you only get better at something by doing it and so yeah. we made short film after short film after short film whether it was for class or not it was just me and my friends making these things and so we got better and we got better and we kept doing it and it was you know the drive that, but also the uh, intentional learning of that skill set that I knew I wanted to use that was I think was the skill set that that helped propel me because I would get invited on movies for the run of the show not just because I could double the lead and do some fights and falls is I was also playing a second role which was at that time this thing was coming into prominence called the stunt viz or fight viz where the stunt team would choreograph shoot and edit their version of the action from the script and hand that oh. to the director and say mm. the visual representation of this is what your action could look like and because i knew cameras and i knew editing software and you know sound and all that stuff i i became kind of a go-to guy on those movies and so i kind of had job security so even if i couldn't dub double someone on that show or maybe i didn't have all the skills I could still be on the run of show because I could shoot reliably and, you know, quickly shoot and turn over these things. And it was help make the stunt team look good and helps the directors visualize their movie and give them something to choose from. And do you think the fact that you had that almost third person perspective on your work because you were such a fan of the genre that you you can visualize it outside of your own performance, if that makes sense, rather than like a martial arts person just coming in to fil to shoot a scene, you have that more bigger picture, a bigger picture sense of what's going on. Definitely. I even to the point where when, when we were training in martial arts, we humorously called our video cameras, called it Sensei Sony, because <laughs> we'd, we'd put yeah. up this camera and we, we weren't just doing things because it felt right or because, you know, someone told us to. It was, it was became all about how it looked and how it worked. Yeah. So we would put this up and we would be doing a fight scene and it might feel good. You're like, aha, like that punch is really fast. But then you look at it and like, I can't even see that I'm punching. It's yeah. so it's it's I'm not I'm not extending my punch and I'm not twisting my hips. And so you would look at it and it would rewire the way that you actually practiced so that mm -hmm. it would look better for camera because ultimately that's what we wanted to do is perform for the camera. So it, that became our instructor was like watching ourselves back. And so I had many 
experiences of, you know, being like, oh man, I, you know, self-critical being like, man, this is terrible. I thought I was like a black belt. I'm terrible. I got to work on these kicks more. So it pushed us to practice harder and specifically for the camera. So that was, that was very helpful in my career. Yeah. Love that. Um, just as a side note, in your various forays around Hollywood, have you ever met Jackie Chan? Have you met him? Never. And that's one of, it's on my bucket list what, to, yeah. to meet that man and just say thank you for yeah. kicking off my career and kind of inspiring me to be where I am today. That would be, yeah, it's on the list. Cool. Um, really super basic question. How badly have you hurt yourself? How many injuries have you sustained? <laughs> like presumably a lot, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, every stunt man gets banged up and stunt woman. Uh, I've been very fortunate not to have any major injuries, which I would classify as, you know, hospitalizations or mm. surgeries. My, you know, I've, I've broken many bones. I have torn many muscles. I think that probably the worst thing, if you were to classify it would probably be the, you know, head trauma, like concussions. I've had more of those than you know, it is probably healthy for a human being to have. And so yeah. that it, it got to where, you know, in later years where the lights go out faster, <laughs> like it's once you, once you're, um, you know, it's in, in fight, the fighting world, it's called getting like a glass, a glass jaws, like it's your body yeah. intuitively, it's like, oh, if we're going to get rocked like that, we're going to shut everything down to protect ourselves. And so now it takes less and less of that to shut down. And so mm. it got to the point where it wouldn't, you know, you know, it, it was harder to get through a, a a show without having a head injury. And so it was like, mm, time to probably shift more towards the stunt coordinating and directing side of things. Yeah. And we're going to move on to that, but I still have a few more questions about stunt work. <laughs> yeah, do it. Like that. It's um, so funny. Just as a quick aside, I think it's yeah. one of the most ama- funniest things where I, you know, go direct a movie. It does great things for, you know, for Netflix. And then if you tell somebody, oh, I, I direct movies, they go, oh, that's, that's fun. Um, and then you tell them you're a stunt man. I did stunts for Captain America. They're like, oh my gosh, tell me all about it. Like, that's amazing. So that yeah. card, the stunt man card or those questions is much more interesting to the general public than directing. 